Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Lovely morning today. It's a bit brisk, no doubt about it. Some of you may got a little freeze. Outlying areas, low areas. But it looks to be like a truly amazing day. Sunny, 70, low 70s. If we're going to end the year, this is a pretty nice uh, weather uh, weather day to do so. <clears throat> uh, have outside work to do. Yesterday, after the show, my wife and I were outside doing some work on our landscape. Um, it was a lovely day. It was really nice out. And today's going to be even better. So, you know, take advantage of it. Because after today, it gets cold. Now, we're not talking about unbearably freezing weather or anything like that. It's going to be close to freezing for many of us. But mid-50s for a high, that's kind of chilly. That's kind of chilly. Not bad if you consider it'll be the first week of January. Uh, Normally, we would be thinking it's going to be colder weather. Got things to do today. Going to take advantage of the weather and uh, get some things cleaned up outside and get ready. Doing dumb things. Um, My outdoor spigots. I have two runs of them. The ones that come off the house themselves. And then I have a separate run that comes from the water meter all the way down the property. Well, I turned that one off quite a while ago. So there's no water in that one. Don't need to worry about freeze. But the ones next to the house, yeah, we're going to put those styrofoam covers over them today just to get it out of the way. It's nice weather. Might as well do it while we can. We're looking at uh, cleaning up some uh, remodeling material. You know, that's something when you own a house, you're always remodeling. Just always. But we're going to be cleaning that up and, you know, uh, take care of some of our plants. I need to do some fertilizing for some of them. Um, Fortunately, I got just about two and a quarter inches of rain last week. So I'm not so concerned. Um, Not so concerned about uh, watering them. Uh, The temperatures have been cool. Two inches of rain. Yeah, that's going to last a while. We're out walking around looking yesterday, and I have plants that are still there. And I really didn't expect them to be. We were kind of surprised. Uh, Dutchman's pipe. It looks great. Big leaves on it. Uh, They're the veined leaves. And it's growing just fine, even in this cool weather. I have a ton of lantana blooms. I don't think that's going to last me much longer, though. I think uh, 
if we can just have a real freeze, you know, where it's truly cold, that'll take out the lantana. And I'll just trim it back. Short stubs. I'm just going to leave the stubs so I know where the plant is. But I really need it to freeze first, and we haven't gotten there yet. Now, one of the advantages of this week's weather is we're going to be accumulating chill hours. So if you have fruit trees, this will help get them ready to produce fruit for you. No, excuse me, I said that wrong. To produce blooms for you. And the blooms are what you're hoping for to get pollinated and produce fruit. I have a loquat. Oh, my. So many blooms on it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to get loquats. We're going to be warm enough that it, it should be just fine. My pear tree and my plum tree, they haven't shed all their leaves yet. I mean, it's like, come on, guys. It's more than time for them to go dormant. But they haven't. So I'm not doing anything to them. I'm going to wait until we really lose all the leaves. Oh, and I also have to move a plant. I have a fig that's still relatively small, should be easy to move, and it's 200 and some feet from the back door. We're going to be moving it much closer there. Uh, I don't mind walking that 200 feet to see if there's any figs, but I used to have a huge fig right next to the house. I mean, walk out the door, walk over to the corner of the fence, pick figs. I would like to have that again. So we're going to take a fig and we're going to move it up close to the house. Fully understand that figs can get quite large. Okay. The fig that was there, unfortunately, is... Uh, Plant, was planted too close to the house. We're going to fix that this time. Let's go to the phone. Uh, this is James. James, what can I help you with? Uh, morning, Jeff. Uh, say, I got a question. We were picking uh, or pulling uh, some radishes yesterday, uh, about a 125-foot row of the Korean daikon radishes. Yeah. We're actually thinning them. They're about as big around as a oh, 50 cent piece and about four or five inches long. And a lot of them were coming out nice and, you know, clean and white and looked good. But there was a handful of radishes that were damaged uh, on the, the length of them. It looked like something was chewing on them. And uh, they chewed pretty deep, about a half inch or so into the radish, almost all the way down the radish. And some of them, the tips were chewed up. And uh, the guy that was pulling them was asking me, and I told him, I don't know uh, what's doing the damage. I, uh, maybe I can call uh, the gardening show and ask. You know, James, you seem to be 
describing grubs in the soil. Grubs will make that kind of chewing into a root crop. Um, I always hated that they'd get to my sweet potatoes that way. But I think you're describing a grub. Now, the nice thing is, is when you pull that daikon out, um, that soil is really pretty loose already. And you should be able to take a couple of fingers and, and work through that hole that it left and see if you've got any grubs down there. That's the only thing that comes to mind because the whole radish is deep in the soil. So it has to be a soil-borne pest. Now, it could be fire ants. But the consistency of those chew marks, that seems to be a little bit much. And those, if it was fire ants, they wouldn't just disappear on you. They'd be hanging out there when you pulled it out. But I think you, I think you got a grub issue. Um, when you pull one out and you go, oh, wow, this is a chewed on one, loosen up that soil and dig a little bit to see if you can find the grub. The only other thing that I can think of that can do that kind of damage would be a cutworm. But because of the diameter of the radish, the cutworm can't wrap himself completely around it. So it, it, it's not one that he would go for normally. If we were talking a stem, the diameter of a pencil, cutworm can do that. But it sounds like it's too fat for a cutworm. So next time you pull one out and it's ugly, really work your fingers through that soil a little bit to see if you turn up any of the grubs. Now, the nice thing is, you know, you can use beneficial nematodes to with the radishes in place. You won't harm the radishes. And that'll start working on getting rid of grubs if that's what you find. Oh, that's really good news and good advice. Uh, I'll uh, I'll do as you say and uh, try to get some uh, predatory nematodes and get going on that. Uh, on a different subject, uh, I was talking to uh, Luke at uh, Compost Tea Labs in California. He's a friend of mine. And we were talking about compost tea, and he mentioned that uh, you guys need to run your compost through a, at least a quarter-inch sieve before you load your uh, load your bag because it gives the compost a little bit more surface area during the brew. Oh, that makes sense. That does make sense, and that's simple enough to do. Rather than just throw a big chunk in there, Breaking it up will expose most of it to the tea solution and and the whatever you're using as a feedstock like uh, molasses. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, easy to do too. Uh, Luke uh, at Compost Tea Labs has got uh, some new new items this year, and he's got everything uh, anybody would need to to make uh, to brew compost tea so uh, check him out if you guys are interested thanks for the suggestion james we will do that because uh compost tree can be a really effective inexpensive additive 
to improve the soil. Thank you, Jeff. You bet. Thanks for the call, James. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, we have some gorgeous weather today. Unfortunately, <laughs> cedar counts going up. I may not have to tell some of you that. You can probably tell without me. But um, it's that time of the year. The nice thing is, if there's a nice thing in this equation, the cedar count is going up. But we have pretty promising rain outlook for Tuesday. A decent amount of rain. Um, maybe an inch for some of us, maybe more. That will help wash out a large amount of the cedar pollen out of the air. So that's helpful. And then we have a couple of days, um, no rain, and then again, a good chance of rain on Friday. So the timing is nice. We'll be cold, that triggers the pollen, but the rain will keep the air fairly clean. We won't have to deal with what we get um, at this time of the year. Now, of course, the problem here is more rain means higher mold. But we're here's the catch twenty two here. Below a certain temperature, mold doesn't propagate anywhere near as much. And we are going to be cold enough that it's not going to encourage mold growth. So it's kind of promising this week. Clear the air, get us rain, get rid of some of this pollen. Uh, That's pretty good. That's a nice start to the year. We would like to see more rain the drought warning came out the other day. Uh, it was horrid. It was horrid. Almost all of central Texas is in extreme drought conditions. And no, 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 that's no, we don't want that. That is terrible. That is not what we want to look at. So prepare yourself based on the weather, uh, what the uh, pollen may be doing. Look forward to finally getting some rain again. Oh my, we need it so bad. We're gonna wind up starting the year off behind. No, 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 that's not what we want. That is not what we want. We would like to at least stay on target for the amount of rain we should be getting each and every month. What can you be doing? I know that a lot of you are probably looking at your turf and going, it's all brown. It looks terrible. The summer killed it. Well, the summer beat it up pretty badly. There's no doubt about that. 
But this time of the year, most of our turf grasses go dormant. We really don't have a good evergreen turf grass, okay? They will go dormant in the cooler weather. Bermuda, Zoysia, St. Augustine, their roots will be growing and you should be taking care of them, but they're not going to be very green right now. Let's go to the phone. This is Denise. Denise, what can I help you with? Hi. Um, yes, we do need more rain, but uh, I do have a question, and it could be due to the drought this summer. I have a Yopon holly. It's probably been in the ground about eight years, and it's it's not huge, but um, it dropped all of its leaves uh, at the end of summer or early fall. And it has not started putting any back on. It is supposed to be evergreen, and, and it has been evergreen in all the years past. And I'm concerned that it has, because it hasn't started putting any on, that I may have really not watered it enough to keep it alive. And was wondering what you thought, if I should just wait till spring and have a lot of hope, or should it really have put leaves back on since it's evergreen? Okay. I have one in the same condition you're describing. I have two yopons next to each other. They're about six feet apart. And one of them dropped every single leaf. And I'm like, oh, gosh, what do we do? The other one looked fine. So I went out there and I started bending the branches, the branch tips, trying to see are they brittle? Are they a little supple yet? For the most part, they were brittle. I could not scratch off any bark. I could not cut into the plant. I could not find any green in that particular yopon. Uh, I'm not holding out hope. It could surprise me. If you're going to see new growth at this point, it's probably going to be coming from way down low, right out of the rootstock for you. Um but if you're not getting it on the upper parts of the plant, go check those branches, go bend those tips, see if they're brittle or supple, scratch some of that bark to see if there's any green underneath it. If there isn't, we're still not going to say it's dead, okay? It okay. could wind up popping up for you from the ground as spring starts to roll on. You're just gonna have to decide, are you gonna try to hold out and see if it comes back? Or are you going to uh, just go ahead and remove it and put in a new one? Okay, well, I appreciate that. Um, that, that gives me some hope, because yeah, I do know of things that have come back from the roots. And um, it, it's in a location. I probably wouldn't replace it, but I will um, check the top. And if the top really did, I'll probably start trimming back on it. And then that way I can see the new green growth coming up easier. Right. Right. Cross your fingers. I mean, there's no reason to give up, but you may not find out for several months yet. 
Uh, Denise, sorry we dropped you. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Got to take a quick break for the news here. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> you know, a lot of us will wind up getting a tree cut down, right? And some of the tree companies will cut them down and grind the stump down and some of them won't and i had a couple of trees cut down uh arizona ashes they were very old they were very nasty and they were dangerous they were uh ones that would fall in a bad direction i had this done 10 years ago Maybe 10 years ago, we were out yesterday, walked over to the stump, took a garden fork, and wound up lifting the entire stump out. Seriously, we've got roots that are, you know, four inches in diameter, lifted those right up. They had all rotted, thanks to various fungi and thanks to ants and termites, they wound up chewing up the stumps for us. So now I have flat parts of my lawn. Rather than having to work around this stump all the time to not ruin my lawnmower, which I actually have done more times than I'd like to talk about, um, I I was able to now go over it because My wife and I wound up pulling the trunks right out of the ground. And now I'm back to level ground again. So it took time. It it definitely took time to get there, but you can. They will come out. I did not do the drill and add, you know, nitrogen fertilizer or anything like that. I just let them rot in place. And they did. They did. We were able to pull them out. So have some faith. You can make it happen faster by using things like, you know, drill a a bazillion holes into them and fill them with um, high nitrogen fertilizer. Cottonseed meal works well. And keep it damp. That will get those tree roots and things to rot out much faster. Or you could just not make a big deal about it. It, did, it didn't take that long. They weren't some terrible thing that I had to deal with nonstop. So um, just pulled them out. Now I've got a spot to put in a new tree. Or at least I can mow over that area again without bending a lawnmower blade. Folks, let's go to the phone. This is Chad. Chad, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Um, I've got an evergreen um, front yard about 20 feet from the house, but it's got the big roots that kind of come over the, you know, above ground. And one of them going towards the house, the house is 20 years old, so I know it's been there a while, but 
the root has even kind of turned over the sidewalk, kind of tilted it. And it's probably, I mean, it's thick. It's probably as thick as my wrist or something. I'm wondering if I can cut that. Will that damage the tree if I cut that root? Because I'm worried about my foundation. Uh, short story. No, it won't. It won't be a big deal to the tree. Longer story. You want to limit the number of those size roots you remove. Okay, you can't go around the whole tree and cut all of them like that. That would impact the tree. However, the ones that are headed to lift your foundation or your driveway, your your sidewalk, dig out around them right before they hit the spot that's lifting. Take a uh, handsaw, take a ripsaw, something, and cut that root clean. That will at least stop them from forcing under your foundation or sidewalk, and they will start to rot. If you really are enthusiastic, you can dig them out at that point. But no, you can, you can cut those roots that are causing that kind of problem for you. But let's not get overly enthusiastic, okay? To remove one root that size, no big deal. If you get like 10 of them that you want to cut like that, that, that's another story. You may want to look at having to replace that tree entirely. But for one root, yeah, you can do that. All right, thank you. I'm not enthusiastic enough to pull it out, but I think I'll cut it. But uh, thank I, you. I understood. Understood. Uh, I, I've done that a couple of times where it's, as a matter of fact, I have one right now. I have to cut the roots out because they've lifted uh, a water line. It's like, hmm. dang it, why did you do that? So I, I totally understand, but I've definitely put it off as long as possible. All right. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for the call, Chad. Yeah, folks, um, some trees produce roots. We call them knees, K-N-E-E-S, knees. And the roots will rise up above the ground and when the roots aren't under the ground, they'll literally put on what is very, very, very similar to bark on the roots, which means that if you're mowing your lawn, your lawnmower catches it, grinds on it. Uh, if you're out walking around, you trip over it. It's really terrible. It's worse when you have one that's too close to your home and those roots are running up under that foundation of your driveway, of your home, of the sidewalk, you can dig down, find the root that is doing that. Maybe it's roots. There may be more than one. Dig back a little bit and turn right around and trim it. You do not, you don't have to take it out, okay? 
It will rot there. It'll quit growing. It'll quit lifting the foundation. It would be best if you could get rid of it, but they will rot out. Like I said, I got one that it took 10 years. And I was able to lift the trunk out with bare hands because it had rotted so much, there was really nothing holding the soil. The great thing about it is that wood pulverized between the funguses eating it, the, the uh, fire ants, the carpenter ants, the termites, they ground it into something. It, it looked like brown sugar, had about the consistency of brown sugar. So I'm going to bring up some uh, soil I have and blend it into that hole and turf should grow right back over it, no problem. And I'll go from having these big stumps that I was tripping over all the time to, hey, I got a nice flat lawn again. So hoping for the best. It was really strange to pull up roots that were, uh, oh, more than six inches in diameter. And the trunk itself was probably uh, close to 18 inches at ground level, maybe a little bigger than that. And just took the garden fork, jammed it in the soil, tilted it back, and it wound up lifting, it wound up lifting the dead trunk out threw it in the trash and away we go. Um, as a matter of fact, my wife's the one that got them out. I was there with a the rake just to clean up the mess, to get the pieces that kind of broke off so we could get them out of there. But she was able to lift them all out of there on her own. That's how rotted they were in the ground. You can attack the old dead trees and roots pretty easily that way. And you can get rid of them. Um, while we were walking around yesterday, on our property, I, I have five different kinds of Texas sages. I had an unbelievable number of Texas sage volunteers. I have a couple of places where I may have 25 or more of these sages. They're all just under a foot tall, coming up everywhere, just everywhere. I would almost call them invasive. The only saving grace is where they're growing is where I mow. So, hey, I solved the problem. I just mow them down. I just can't believe how many volunteers I have. I if I would almost call them aggressive, if not even invasive, because they reproduce so quickly. I have a few of them that I'm going to need to pull out. Because they're small enough now, it shouldn't be a big deal. And the ones I don't pull out, well, I should be able to just mow them over. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I have to take a break. We'll be right back. 
This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's uh, go to the phone. This is Jack. Jack, what can I help you with? Oh, I was talking about those uh, the stumps. Um, I yes, lost sir? a bunch of trees uh, due to uh, oak wilt. And I had, uh, oh, I've probably still got 20 or more stumps to get rid of. And the way I've started doing it was with uh, just burning them. Use a, a burn barrel, put over the top of them, and then feed it with the old uh, uh, kindling. So start fires in them. You can grill them, uh, put old cooking oil in them, and uh, start them. Just keep adding uh, kindling. And they will burn down. I cover them up, you know, with the burn barrels. And then at night, I put a, a kind of a lid over them and uh, let them burn. And they'll burn down below uh, ground level. Yeah, you're, Jack, you're basically making, believe it or not, that's how they make charcoal. So you're turning all those stumps into charcoal, and you know that material? It's really good for the soil. So yeah, that's take, not a bad idea. It's a lot less work, obviously, than some of the ways of doing it. Yeah, those grinders are expensive, and, and they're kind of slow. But I just do that while I'm out in the yard working. And I'll just go by and, and drop a little more kindling on top of them. And uh, the next morning, I take a, I've got a scraper, you know, like for the floor, big, long handle on it. And I just kind of chop down on them. And they'll break up, and you can see that it is making charcoal. Then you can add a little bit more kindling, and they'll start back up on their own, and, and they'll burn down below ground level. Those kids just keep burning, and they'll burn up all those stumps. Depending on how old they are, of course. You know, you're not going to get it with a green tree that you've right. just cut. But if you wait a year, mine have been gone for about a, over a year, and uh, I just... I'd start burning them. I took a chainsaw and cut them off as low as I could to the ground. You know, and then drill a few holes in them and add some oil and set them blaze. And that, that works really, really well. You know, I actually looked at a grinder. I was going to rent one, of course. Uh, yeah. They're too expensive to buy for as few a tree stumps as I have. It's heavy, it's awkward, it's loud, and it's a lot of work, even with the grinder, to get rid of those stumps. I just yeah. didn't find it worth my time. So I may have to try this little trick. I have some really small stumps, and I have a couple of big ones. And uh, if that will get rid of them for me, sounds good to me. Oh, yeah, you can do it that way if you don't. You could buy a bag of really cheap um, uh, charcoal and mm -hmm. start that on top of them. And you know, once it starts burning, that the, the stump will the stumps will will burn. You can use a uh, if you have a metal uh, five gallon bucket. That's what I use on all my smaller ones. And I just put the I, I take um, rocks or even brick and put around the stump first and set the can on top of it so that it has air. And, yeah. Uh, oh, they burn. I've, I've I've really been amazed with how well it works, and it's easy. Well, so. 
Fortunately, I have one that I got to remove, and it's near a, a water line. So if I screw it up, I've got water to put the fire out. And right. I actually have a five-gallon metal bucket that I've never used. I, I, I've always liked the plastic ones because right. they don't rust and that. But I got a purpose for that five-gallon a metal one now, and I know exactly the stump I'm going to try this on first. So uh, I think I'm going yeah, to take cut you the up bottom out idea, so you just have a cylinder, you know. And uh, yep. And I just, you know, or you can use little rocks or something. But I had a bunch of uh, brick that I wasn't wasn't using, and so I just placed them around it. But with just three bricks is all it really takes. And you can place it around there and put your can over the top of it. Started a fire and it. And at night, I don't work because I, I use the cover that I cut out, and I use it to cut, you know, to put over the top a little bit. Not completely cover it, but just uh, so it kind of holds the heat in more. You don't have to worry about sparks that way. And you just, got you it. Don't just burn down to nothing. Okay. I got a, so, got a plan then. Now I'm going to have to try this on one of the stumps that's been in the way, and it's just the same diameter as the bucket. So there you go. things should work out good. There you go. All right. Well, I was hearing you talk about it, and then uh, I've probably burned already about 15 stumps or more. It just works very, very good. Jack, I appreciate that hint. Um, may have to try it, and I'll let everybody know how easy it was for me to get it gone. Um that is a simple trick, and uh, if it gets rid of that stump and I don't have to try to run one of those grinders or I have to dig deep with a shovel, I'm all nope. for it. You're all, yeah, it, it, it works very well. i got another quick question for you. I've got the weeds that are, oh, they grow like crazy right now, but they've got the little bitty tiny white flowers on the top of them, and I'm trying to find something. I'm going around pulling them. But whew, I've got them by the thousands. <laughs> I live on uh, eleven okay. and a half acres, and I'm, I've got a big garden that I'm trying to rid everything. But uh, I don't want to spray anything on that's going to hurt the ground. I got chickens and everything else, you know. So you have you are actually doing the solution, pulling them before they fully open the flower is one way to get rid of them. That flower means they're going to make a seed and you'll never be rid of them. So pulling them actually works. However, if you know what they look like, you can weed eat or mow them flush so that they don't get a chance to flower. And that oh, way they okay. can't make new seeds. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know, but I, I pulled them before and they break, you know, sometimes. And if you don't get yep. them all the root out, or if you just, I found that if I cut them off, then they just get real broad. And I'm not sure, but I guess if you uh, kept mowing them and keep them from ever reproducing, they'll die out, I would assume. Yeah, and sometimes it's easier with a weed eater because that will actually get lower to the ground. Your lawnmower may stay above them, no matter how low right. you set it, and that won't take care of the problem. Um, I, I spent a year pulling those out, 
and uh, early in the spring, and we worked really hard to get them all gone. When we wound up getting them all pulled, they didn't come back the next year. I pulled a bunch of them last year, and this year they were three times as bad. So yeah, I'm going to try. Uh, I'll try mowing them up. But I've got one of the mowers that has a string, you know, string mower. Yeah. Like a giant weed eater. And I'll try that and just see if I can brutalize them real good. Get to them early. Come back. Remember, you want to you wanna be taking them out before they bloom. Right. Right. Well, I'm way behind that this year, but uh, it's always next that year. We're going into the winter, and as soon as they start coming up, I'll attack them. I so. totally get it. Hey, Jack, man, thanks for the call. Thanks for that uh, hint on getting rid of those stumps. Um, have a good New Year's. Uh, we will we will talk to you later, folks. This is gardening naturally. Uh, coming up to the top of the hour, I'm going to need to break for the news here. Um, we'll catch everybody on the other side. <laughs> 